So today we're going to be talking about um, a con some conditions we have been seeing in the clinic the last few months, being the winter colder months. Um, we're typically seeing flare-ups in eczema, asthma and hay fever, also known as the atopic triad. So um, Stephen, do you mind just sort of starting off about what you've been seeing? Yeah, no worries, mm. Jess. Uh, but well, yeah, because pollens aren't around during winter, you know, um, which tend to trigger many people who have more seasonal allergies. Mm. Um, in that springtime uh, when pollens and plant phenolics are all around. Yeah. Uh, many people who are allergy prone are surprised when they have these allergy flares of, you know, asthma, hay fever or eczema uh, during the colder winter months. And often at times they confuse it with having a cold. Yeah. So the culprits here during the winter months are these, usually these indoor allergens uh, that people often forget about as being um, drivers of allergies. So in particular, dust and dust mites, uh, molds, mm -hmm. dander. So this dander is the dead skin flakes of animals like mm. cats and dogs. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you're already susceptible and hypersensitive to these indoor airborne allergens, such as the dust, mold, dander, when winter comes along, what happens is many people tend to be spending a lot more time indoors. So there's obviously more exposure. And, you know, so these people may experience an increase in sneezing and wheezing, itchy, watery eyes, for example. Uh, most probably also um, being driven by people turning their heaters up because this makes the indoor air even drier. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a combination of, you know, much drier air due mm -hmm. to heating and while spending so much more time yeah. indoors. More allergens, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that um, sometimes people do confuse it with having a cold or flu, and we've yeah. had a terrible cold and flu here in Sydney. Yeah. Like, we've all observed it. Um, so how can someone tell the difference if they're experiencing a common cold or is it a flare in winter allergies like these? Yeah, good question. So I guess with the common cold... And allergy flares having so many common symptoms. So, you know, if you had a runny nose, you're sneezing, you're congested, you've got sinus pain, or you're coughing, you know, it can be hard to tell here. Yeah. Is this an allergy thing mm. or is it a common cold? Yeah. So first, I guess it's important to know that, you know, a cold is caused by a virus, uh, whereas hay fever is predominantly caused by an allergic response, typically yeah. to these airborns, um, so the pollens and plant phenolics, which tend to be the seasonal triggers yep, around spring, spring. Mm -hmm. or, these, or they're triggered by these perennial all-year-round uh, substances like the dust, dust mites, dander, and mould. Can they get both? Like, it, can a yeah, hay fever Yeah. Yeah, so people, um, a lot of people might classically um, have quite severe symptoms in spring mm. um, to pollens and stuff, but then they're still you know, getting low key equal reactions. or lower yeah. key reactions in mm. winter and they're kind of confused, like, what, why? Yeah. On there? Um, but so in terms of symptoms, the easiest way to distinguish between allergies from the cold is itchiness. Mm. So itchy eyes, throat, palate. This is a huge key that it's probably an allergy. Yep. Um, with the exception of an itchy nose, that can kind of appear before a sneeze, yep. both the hay fever mm -hmm. and cold, but kind of itchiness in mm. general. That itchy feeling you get at the back yeah, of your throat and running your nose. Allergy, yeah. dust, mould kind mm. of thing. Mm -hmm. um, the colour of discharge can also be a clue, nasal discharge. So if it's a cold, you're more likely to kind of have this yellow, green, deeper, yeah. infectious gross. Yeah. Kind of, mm. uh, 
nasal discharge, whereas the hay fever will appear more watery and kind of clear mucus. Yeah, and just non-stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like um, I find when I used to get hay fever, it'd be like I'd get this runny nose and then I'd blow my nose, which would trigger it more, and then it'd just be this continual mm. cycle. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But, yeah, so the itchiness, the kind of clear discharge, mm. we're looking at an allergy. Um, a sore throat. If you've got a sore throat, that can indicate it's more of a cold. You won't typically experience a sore throat with hay fever. Mm. It's more, if you remember, the difference here is you will have a very itchy throat, yep. but not really a sore, red, inflamed mm. sore throat. Um, another good indicator is the duration. So, you know, a cold is quite gradual and insidious and can last up to 14 days. Yeah. Whereas hay fever symptoms come at once, just like bang. You know, they hit mm. you immediately, they come all at once, and they unfortunately can last much longer. Yeah. Like I was saying before, it can be perennial all year round mm. for people if they're constantly being exposed to it indoors yeah. and or outdoors yeah. and they haven't had treatments for it and they're just constantly getting yeah. symptoms. And can it be a case of um, like our immune system sort of comes under fire with all these cold and flus going around during winter? Yeah. Could that be leading to people developing allergies during this time of year too? Oh, potentially, yeah, because yeah. I guess the immune system's down. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, just the compounding effect of that mm. cause leave you way more susceptible. Yeah. You know, plus being indoors, yeah. dry air, and it's all it's just, just a the recipe. <laughs> yeah, people's yeah. threshold just gets pushed over yeah. very quickly too far. Okay. Yeah, so we have been also been seeing a lot of people coming in with eczema this winter as well. So mm. we do hear that it is a typically bad time of year for eczema, their skin just dry, all that kind of thing. What's behind that? Yeah, so winter is a particularly difficult time for everyone's skin in general, yeah. um, especially for anyone who's prone to eczema. Uh, many people experience flare-ups during winter because of the combination of the changing temperature and dry air. Mm -hmm. um, so people find it especially bad on their hands and their face because these parts of the skin, you know, go outside and are exposed yeah. um, to very cold air after being in hot air, for example. Yeah. So are there any genetic dispositions that might make some people more sensitive to these flare-ups? Yeah, actually there is. So there's... Uh, a protein known as filaggrin. Mm -hmm. So the, this protein, what it does is it blocks the penetration of allergies through the skin barrier. Mm. Uh, so this protein within our skin barrier should be functioning well and blocking allergens getting through the skin barrier. Yeah. So those allergens like dust mites and moulds, yeah. which can actually land on the skin? Yeah. yeah. So the filaggrin protein should kind of activate and mm -hmm. strengthen the barrier and these things shouldn't get through. Yeah. Uh, but having a mutation in this gene is highly associated with having very persistent eczema and chronic dry skin. Mm. So the gene defect may in fact be present in at least 50% wow, of people with eczema so and chronic dry skin. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of looking at, you know, we all have genetic susceptibilities to things. Yep. This may be one of the key susceptibilities mm. present in people who are prone to these flare-ups. Yep. Uh, so filaggrin, you know, also protects the skin from too much water loss mm. because, you know, when if you've got this defect and you are losing water from the skin when you shouldn't be, this leads to very dry, dehydrated skin. So these people have basically a decreased natural moisturisation factors working for them. Yeah, like, so they're just going to have dry skin overall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, this extra water loss combined with reduced skin barrier function due to poor filaggrin production leaves these people much more susceptible and prone to flare-ups Yeah. Uh, because inflammatory irritants, particularly um, dust mites and, in fact, cockroach excrement. Nice. A big trigger here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, lovely. Um, 
these, the dust mite and cockroach excrement basically can penetrate the skin uh, more easily. Mm. And so then you get a huge drive in these allergic Ig hypersensitivity reactions, mm -hmm. uh, which means eczema and chronic dry skin, yep. particularly worse in winter. Yeah. So, and, you know, essentially this basically also means uh, worsening of asthma yeah, symptoms in winter for all the same reasons. Yeah. 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 So the asthma, mm. eczema, mm -hmm. hay fever. That yeah. triad. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So what are some tips for these people who are, have eczema or allergies and are dry skin prone during winter? Sure. So... I guess um, there's a few things to consider if this is you. Uh, one of them is to avoid any rapid changes in temperature. This helps quite a lot. So just trying to take measures, for example, if you're going from indoors to outdoors into the freezing cold, taking the appropriate measures such as wearing gloves, scarves, hats to protect the face, the hands and the neck. Mm. Um, because you're going from such an intense rapid change in temperature, yep. that can kind of trigger a flare-up. Mm. Um, so, and also avoiding washing your hands in very hot water when you've come inside from mm. the cold. Similarly, avoiding overly hot showers. Yeah, as tempting as it might be. Yeah, because, mm. you know, doing this immediately after coming in from the cold will aggravate it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, many people do know um, who they are. These people know um, that heat particularly can aggravate their eczema. Yeah. People uh, mm. get triggered by very hot water or body heat. Yeah. Sweating, um, yeah. exercise, all that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So they notice particularly this can get much worse in winter yeah. because they're going from such temperature extremes. Mm -hmm. um, so also ensuring that you moisturize often, preferably with very simple hypoallergenic creams with natural bases. Again, most of my clients onto anything with calendula and chamomile in it. Yeah. There's a beautiful gentle anti-inflammatory creams for the skin. Yeah. Um, during the winter months, it's uh, especially many clients need to avoid conventional soaps and detergents with these harsh chemicals yeah. and fragrances. Mm -hmm. They will trigger it quite badly. Yeah. Another important one is to get as much vitamin D as possible. So, you know, when the sun is out, um, get some safe sun exposure. Yeah. Or, you know, many people really have to discuss with their practitioner about testing vitamin D levels to see if you may benefit from supplementation. There is good research showing how vitamin D does improve eczema symptoms. Mm. People classically are very deficient in the colder months. Yeah. And overall, mm. in Australia and New Zealand, we are chronically deficient mm, anyway, aren't true. we? Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah, it's a big problem. Mm. And a lot of people might get their levels tested um, and apparently they're fine, but what's going on with a lot of clients I've worked with is they've tested for their active vitamin D levels, mm. which isn't traditionally tested uh, through bulk billing with yep. GPs, and in a lot of clients it's actually quite low. Yeah. So this is the active hormone people yeah. need. So you're not so absorbing it actually. It's yeah, just sort of the receptors around. aren't picking it yeah, up and not activating much. it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if that's you, it might be worth I'd check that out with all my yeah. clients, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It's a, usually, for many people, it's been a missing link. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, vitamin D, moisturising, avoiding rapid temperature change. Uh, humidifiers are very useful. Yep. So the humidifiers, you know, add moisture into the air, mm -hmm. prevent the skin from becoming cracked and irritated. Mm -hmm. And obviously, last but not least, is to treat. Test and treat any existing allergies you're sensitive to. So, yep. you know, in the case of winter allergies, people we meet here, we're testing everyone for dust and dust mites, moulds, animal dander, um, yeah. yeah, and 
And also any existing food allergies that are compounding anything. Yeah. Um, that people might be eating and are unknowingly. Yeah, our diets are typically heavier during yeah. winter. We're having more rich sources that might be high in salicylates. We're yeah. eating more gluten, like think of pasta, warm, crusty bread, all that yeah. winter comfort food. That's it. Yeah. 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 So one thing we do hear about as well, um, especially in Sydney and Auckland due to our high humidity levels, is um, something called sick building syndrome. Yep. So Stephen, do you mind sort of explaining what this is all about? Sure. So sick building syndrome is basically, you know, I guess it's a label handed down to people um, who experience classic skin and respiratory symptoms, you know, the throat irritation, runny nose, allergy symptoms, difficulties breathing, dry and itchy mm-hmm. skin, uh, which are being triggered by, or more often than, than not, uh, worse in severity when they're inside some sort of building or enclosed space. Yeah. Um, and, you know, other kind of major factors have been ruled out. Mm. And the reason people are triggered with these symptoms in enclosed spaces and in buildings is due to the poor indoor air quality, yeah. which is prevalent in at least 30% of new or remodeled mm. buildings. So a key sign is if, you know, you're generally fine or you have minor symptoms, but which are triggered immediately and in, uh, become much more severe when you enter a particular building or an yeah. enclosed space, a lot more common than people yeah. realise. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know, classically a lot, a lot of people comment, a lot of clients who treat here, um, do mention up as soon as I get to work, as soon as I hit the office yeah, thing, that's I get I'll triggered. Get yeah. yeah, so similarly to the points discussed about extra flare-ups previously, you know, winter sees people spending more time indoors and these buildings have typically a very poor ventilation. Mm. There's lots of dust sitting in there. Yeah. Mould can be sitting there, which is an, another nice trigger of sick building syndrome. Yeah. Well, a lot of office um, buildings, you can't open your windows. Yeah. Like we're lucky we can here when yes. we need to, but it's a very, yeah, it's a luxury. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got chemicals in the air from yeah. cleaning products. Yeah. The air conditioning. Yeah. yeah. So that's basically what's going on yeah. there. Yeah. Funnily enough, um, during the winter months, we've had a few clients asking about paper mites. Is yeah. this a thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so not really. Well, it is, but it's a wrong name. So the paper mites are what many people think are almost like fleas in their office because these people experience these pinprick-like biting sensations mm. and they produce inflammation on the skin and it's kind of like a skin rash that almost resembles insect bites. So yeah, people, that's um, interesting. Yeah, so people have come to this idea that it's driven by something called paper mites mm. that are too tiny to see. Mm-hmm. But funnily enough, paper mites don't actually exist. Well, that's good. <laughs> they yeah. sound terrible. <laughs> so I, I looked into this a while ago and what's mm. actually going on here um, is an inflammatory reaction being caused by cleaning or indoor air pollution. Yeah. So it's, a, it's an indoor air pollution issue. Yeah. Uh, so it's commonly seen in sick building syndrome, for example. Uh, so rather than any kind of pest... So, you know, these indoor air particles are very hard to notice. Mm. They're floating around in the air, but they're like minuscule. Even at home, a lot of our clients will say that they're cleaning regularly, they're getting those dust mite protectors and things like that, but you're never going to be able to avoid it. It's just one of those things that you can't see a lot of it. Yeah. And so like in sick building syndrome, the dry air of many buildings and workplaces makes skin more sensitive to these particles. And so these particles are typically coming from fiberglass insulation, uh, more commonly very newly installed or very old uh, carpet mm-hmm. or carpet pads, 
from paper dust, mm. which is created from separating forms and computer printouts. Yeah. Um, also formaldehyde in furniture yeah. can contribute to this load as well. Mm -hmm. And so any activity that stirs up accumulated dust can lead to what people think is a paper mite outbreak. Wow. Um, so if sick building syndrome or this indoor air pollution issue appears to be at play, mm. driving a lot of winter allergy symptoms, it helps to use humidifiers and air purifiers again. Yep. It's recommended not to vacuum because the more, you know, dust may just become more airborne. So mm -hmm. if you're going to vacuum, you've got to kind of get it fitted with a HEPA filter. Mm -hmm. And, of course, to treat yourself again, get treated yeah. for existing mm. um, allergies. Because like I said, a lot of, to avoid it. No, yeah. like I said, a lot of clients, so when we talk about health in any regard, your yeah. environment is crucial, Yeah. Um, whether we're talking about physical or mental health. But yeah. You know, due to work, um, due to your job, you yeah. may not be able to change your environment. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I guess um, to prevent you from getting symptoms and re to reduce the collateral damage of being in that environment, you know, yeah. get treated yeah. so that um, you can rock up to work and not, not be debilitated. Yeah. yeah. So that's what's really good about the treatments yeah. that we do here for dust and yeah. molds and all this kind of yep. indoor air pollution. Definitely. Stuff. Yeah. One last one we'll discover. We've had quite a few people coming in this season with glue. So it's an interesting one that are not a, a lot of people aren't familiar with. So do you mind just sort of explaining what it exactly is? Yeah. So we do see general increasing amount of many, mostly kids, but also adults yeah. with glue ear coming mm -hmm. in. So this is basically where, you know, a glue-like fluid collects inside the middle ear. Yeah. Very irritating. Yeah. I've also read that, um, like, kids will get it more often because their ears are a different shape yes. when we're growing. But when it comes to, like, that'll be sort of relatively normal. Mm. But when adults start to get it, that's when it can be more of an allergic factor. And For a lot sure. of people with this hay fever atopic triad might be more susceptible to it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And so, you know, allergies are a big trigger, like you said, particularly the airborne sensitive, so people yep. might. It's again, it's the dust and the molds. Yeah. Um, yeah, dust and molds are a big issue yeah. here, mm -hmm. like with most other things I've spoken yeah. about today. <laughs> they're the so key to. Come, yeah. come and rule out your yeah. dust and your mold and get it treated. Mm. It's their lifesaver. Yeah. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the treatments that we do, um, Stephen and our other practitioners who are all naturopaths do a natural allergy treatment. So it's completely non-invasive, no skin prick tests or blood tests. We use a form of muscle testing or kinesiology. And that's where we're testing if things like this dust, dust mites, molds, um, pet reactions, things like that, to see what it is that you're reacting to. Um, and when we just find this out, we can basically do a, a treatment where we're stimulating acupressure points down the back so this is going to retrain your body to no longer react to those triggers um, and reduce the symptoms yeah so and dust mm. mites and molds are one of the clear clearest cut reactions that we do see in the clinic yeah. and respond really well to every our day. cut treatments every yeah day. literally Doing every day <laughs> so, yeah this time of year yeah so if you do want to learn more about our treatments please visit our website which is naturalallergytreatment.com.au you can send us a question there or give us a call on 1300 853 023 or if you're in new zealand the number is 09 479 5997 all right thanks Stephen. thanks jess bye